0: I'm fascinated by people who just have to take an idea and run with it. They can't let it go until it's a reality. The artists, the designers, the authors, the entrepreneurs, the creators, these are the stories about what happens when you decide to make your own way. I'm Franklin Taggart. Welcome. Have you ever wanted to start a food business? My guest today is Sari Kimball, the founder and principal consultant at Cultivate Consulting. Sari offers consulting services to individuals and companies at every level of food business, from home-based production to full-scale fine restaurants. After the podcast, be sure to visit her website, cultivate-consulting.com, and sign up for her newsletter. Good afternoon, evening, whatever time of day it is, wherever you are, Uh, this is the next episode of Make Your Own Way. And uh, my special guest this episode is my friend, Sari Kimball. Sari uh, is the founder of a company called Cultivate Consulting, which is a consulting firm that works specifically with people who are interested in opening a food business or a food-related business. Um, Welcome, Sari.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's a delight. Um, So tell, tell me a little bit. Cultivate's been around just over a year. Is that right? Uh, yeah, a
1: little few months over a year, yes.
0: And January, initially, January of, January of 2015? Yes. Okay. No.
1: <laughs> 2006. Or <Sorry>. oh, 2016,
0: <laughs> all right. <Yeah. laughs> my math, uh, my math yeah. brain won't kick in for another hour or two. Um, so you originally kind of started the company as more of a marketing company and helping people with marketing and social media and things like that. Um, And just in the last year, you've kind of steered it toward the food business. I'd like to talk a little bit about that shift. Um, How did you come around to that personally?
1: Well, so I've been in the food business for a long time, but I'd always done a lot more with marketing. So when I left, uh, I was with Whole Foods Market. I was marketing director there. And so when I left there at the towards the end of 2015 it just was kind of a natural fit to go into marketing um i was
0: always drawn
1: to working with food businesses but since i had just started my own company and was kind of trying new things out i ended up doing a wide array of projects some food related and some some not so that was kind of the first year of just taking any job that came along. Because um, like I can event plan, you know, for <laughs> anything. But um, what I realized uh, towards the end of 2016 was that I needed to get more focused, that I could just spend nine months doing event planning. But I didn't necessarily want to do 100% event planning or 100% social media. And I kind of I kept looking at you know different kind of lines of work. It seems like everything is so specialized. Like you just do social media, or you just do event planning. And I like doing a little bit of everything. So <laughs> I didn't really want to give that up. Um, but what I realized is that I needed to get some more focus around I knew I had the skills in marketing and the skills in event planning. I had also started my own food business that summer. And so I had been negotiating all of the applications and health department and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I realized that I just, I needed to get more focused on what it is that I really wanted to be working on. Um, and so that's when I really kind of spent that, that time digging deep to figure out what it is I really was passionate about. And ultimately it's food and it's, um, getting food businesses off the ground, which marketing and event planning are certainly a big part of of that, but not the only thing, so. Definitely. uh, So that's when I decided to really um, focus in and uh, go more laser focused to work with only food businesses.
0: Okay, and now how is that starting to take shape? Um, You've just kind of in the last year landed on that you really want to help food businesses survive and thrive. And um, how, are you, how are you putting together programs for that to happen now?
1: Yeah, so um, I realized I was helping out last summer. Uh, I was working with a commercial kitchen that rented out space to other food businesses. And so I would do kind of uh, a walkthrough with them. And when I talked to food businesses, I realized that a lot of them had a lot of passion and they were really excited about their their, their cookies or their jams or whatever it was um, but when I would start asking them some, some more some business questions about licensing or packaging or sales strategy um, they would kind of get this <laughs> frozen blank look on their face and I realized that they were starting in the wrong place they were starting with the health department but hadn't done any of the the legwork, the foundational work that you needed to do um, to really start a business and be successful. Um, I'm sure it's very similar with a lot of entrepreneurs. You know, they have a passion for one thing, but they're not necessarily great at um, the business side of things. But with food, especially, there seems to be especially a real passion, of course, behind what they're doing. So that's when I, as I tailor, as I focus more into doing food business, food business consulting. Um, I created a four-step kind of phase phases of a food business. So that's how I've been framing the work, um, consulting work that I do. Okay. For the okay. So uh, essentially there's four phases in the cycle. So concept, uh, development, launch, and growth. Okay. Uh, so then I can lump everything into those. And so I've been breaking it apart. Um, by doing concept workshops so people with just uh, just an idea or maybe it's a half baked idea um, and so giving them some tools to make sure that they're thinking about all the things that they need to be doing before they ever even go out to sell this product mm-hmm. and then uh, the next step for me is to put together that um, development uh, program so that uh, people who have done their market research, they've done the initial competitive analysis, they've come up with a good price point, they tested their food product and people like it. Um, they're ready to actually go and start. That's when they go to the health department and that's when you need to get your labeling and that's a lot of things involved in that to actually be able to begin selling. So So that's how I framed it, which um, seems to make a lot of sense to me and I think to other people. Um, So trying to catch people ideally in the concept phase Mm -hmm. and then help work them through the development and ultimately uh, launch phase, actually selling the product. Um, But you know, there's also a lot of people that have done some of the initial work and then trying to catch people wherever they're at. Um, because it can always be better. They can always have a better sales strategy. they can always have, you know, just a better launch, launch strategy to, to get, get some sales
0: going for their product. Yeah, right off the bat, right? Right. <laughs> so for for people who are in the concept phase of their business, you have um you have a tool available on your website. It's a free tool to help them to kind of identify the pieces of the concept phase that they need to have in place before they go get their licensing and before they start doing their branding and things like that. Uh, Would you tell people how to find that?
1: So yeah, people can go to my website. It's cultivate-consulting.com and um, it should pop up right when you get to uh, my website, but also under a food business startup tab um, and it'll say free business valuation. So that's just a great tool to start. If you're really just like, all right, I have a great idea. Everybody tells me that I make this awesome mix. Maybe I should go into, you know, maybe I should start a food truck. Um, this is a place where you can kind of, it'll, it'll ask you some targeted questions mm-hmm. to let you know. And you can rate. and then you rank yourself on like, have you, have you uh, had people try your product? How many? have tried your product Um, so just some self-reflective questions to see if you've done the work in the concept phase yet or to let you know what you still need to to be working on before you move on to those uh, to the more you know the setting up an LLC and a bank account and all of that like don't do that to start with yeah (laughs) a little bit more research
0: so you, you do a lot of work with people in that preliminary process, but you also work with people all along the way. And I know that you've worked with some companies that have already gone through all of the concept mm-hmm. and they're even in the midst of production now and they've, uh, they've scaled their business or they've considered scaling their business and decided not to. Um, what are some of the companies that you've worked with so far and how did you serve them?
1: Well, so the the main food company that I'm working with is Rosca Sauce, um, and they already have a sauce, a red sauce, that's in uh, a couple of uh, local Whole Foods and vitamin cottages. So they're in maybe 15, 20 stores um, in the kind of northern Colorado area. Um, They both want to expand that brand, as well as they have a new product that they want to launch. Um, so certainly, uh, they want to get into more Whole Foods and other grocery stores. And with my background, um, working with products at Whole Foods Market, then, um, I have a lot of connections as well as just the, the knowledge base of like what makes a good product and what, um, what are the tools, what are the things that you can be doing as a, as a business owner to be really getting your product, um, not only on the shelves, but also in people's grocery baskets, which is really the goal. Um, so there's a lot of like insider knowledge that comes with uh, getting a product into a grocery store. Um, but there's also a lot of different avenues that they can go to to grow their current product. Whether so, we're talking about e-commerce um, and doing some, you know, a national campaign as well. Um, And then, as I described the the kind of circle, the concept development, launch, and then growth. Um, Now, with growth, they're talking about expanding, adding a new sauce, so Mm -hmm. that's kind of a, you almost start the process over again. You do the taste testing, you do the market research, you do the initial costing of the recipe. Um, So they have a lot of experience under their belt, but you still, you almost start over again. Mm -hmm. So so we'll be doing both of those um, projects hand in hand. Um, So right now that's the main food business that I'm working with. I've done some uh, workshops for um, people in different phases in their business. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also work with food related businesses like the Northern Colorado Food Cluster, which we are avidly working to uh, get more membership in the food uh, food production arena. So people who um, already have food businesses or are interested in that, we help provide tools and resources to them uh, to help connect them with either local ingredients or writing grants or how to get their product out there in the local market. So it's really about strengthening our local food system. But, um, so Northern Power Food Cluster, and then uh, the cooking studio is another one. So I work with um, their, their kids programming. And then I also work with a food tech company. So kind of completing this, the cycle. So let's, get, let's find another avenue to get that local food, whether it's raw product, like agriculture, produce, or value-added product made. Pre-made
0: product, and then how do we connect that to the end user? In the new way. Right. So. It, it occurs to me too that um, I know that um, one, but one particular group of people that you work with um, are the people that um, they've just they've got a really nice food item that they want to produce, and they they want to stay on a small scale to begin with. Um, primarily work through like farmers' markets and things like that. Um, like, if someone was interested in creating a product that they wanted to sell at farmers' markets, what would you what would you tell them to do first?
1: Well, farmers' markets are interesting because you can operate under a cottage food law depending on the product. So first of all, identifying if that's even an option for you, it um, has to be a non-refrigerated product. It can't have any dairy in it. Um, So if it's something that that you can sell through cottage food, then you can actually make that in your home kitchen Uh, so you don't have to rent out a a commissary kitchen. You don't have to go through the health department. So that's a really nice way to um, get started on a small scale. You're not investing a ton of money in rent and packaging and, and that kind of thing. So farmers markets are pretty low barrier to entry. There's gonna be a fee, of, you know, a booth fee, and then they usually take a percentage of sales at the end. Um, so I would say do some initial testing of your product with friends and family and other people who <laughs> <laughs> will give you an honest opinion, get feedback, try to make the best product that you can. Uh, there are some minimal labeling requirements that you could literally do, like print it off at your home computer. Um, get a little bit of signage together, you know, something that kind of makes your, your table look look nice, um, <laughs> welcoming, you know. And then you're going to want to, you're going to need to sample out your product. So obviously, you're going to need to make it and have a mountain cell and sample out. Um, and then it's just about working, you know, working the market, and getting people to come over and try it and explain why it's different. Um, if it's something like a hot sauce or a salsa, you know, you have a lot of competition in this in this town or even a kombucha. So it depends on where you're at. Um, but I would definitely go and scout out the province markets ahead of time, spend a little time seeing see what else is out there as well okay. for you. Put a lot of work into it and there's already yeah. <laughs> three, yeah. three salsa companies, you know, that
0: you're competing with at that market. Well, yeah, especially here in Colorado, it's like you go to Whole Foods and there are like 35 different local salsas. I you know?
1: yeah. there, there really are about 30
0: different salsas. I, I think we've tried most of them. <laughs> what about the person who who might be interested in opening a restaurant or a coffee shop or something like that.
1: Sure. Well, uh I mean I've done work with restaurants before. I've worked with the farmhouse at Jessup Joseph, Joseph Farms for a while, helped them uh, with all of their opening marketing and graphic design. Um I mean restaurants are a whole other animal. Obviously you have a brick and mortar, a physical building. Um Again, if you've maybe never been in the restaurant industry ever, um, you could start out more with a push cart or you don't have to get a food truck. You've probably seen um, wherever you live, hopefully they have um, small, sometimes people just set up tables downtown. So you can get a mobile push cart license that way. So you could start a little bit smaller and test out your product. Um, make sure before you go uh, full scale. Yeah. Um, but there's certainly going to be a lot more logistics, hiring um, you know, your employees, your lots of insurance, um, building your menu, doing all the food costing. Uh, I think one thing I would say that people don't realize about restaurants is that they just eke out a, a little bit of profit, hopefully. Yeah, um, so it's definitely not the first thing. I think people think that glam- uh, restaurants are very glamorous. And, you know, you're gonna make a ton of money. Um, if you, you know, if you're making like two percent as a profit, you're doing pretty good. So okay. don't expect to get rich going into the restaurant.
0: So it's a slow growth kind of a deal.
1: It is, yeah. and it really, it's like having multiple locations, and you know, the people that you see out there that are you know. Millionaires from being a restaurateur—it's uh, a different situation than your kind of typical restaurant probably where you live. But um, a ton of fun, uh, really hard work. Uh, you will work harder than you've ever worked in your life <laughs> if you decide to open a restaurant. But I would just say, like finding um, finding partners, whether they're um, whether they're actual business partners, like legal or not, but really trying to find people who help uh, complement your strengths and your weaknesses. So if you don't love um, doing numbers and spreadsheets, uh, you just want to make some great food, then find find a business, find a manager, find a, a partner that you can kind of hand off some of those things that you're not great at. Um, I, I know a lot of people kind of hesitate to take on a business partner and it is like going into a marriage for yeah. sure. um, that said if you can find the right partner that it's a nice balance of your strengths and weaknesses it's a lot less lonely for sure yeah and yeah you will just really help balance each other out which can help you be more successful and st- stick with it in the long run for sure
0: what about, for a, what about for a company or a, a person that's in need of branding? Where do you start with that? Sure.
1: Um, I mean, I love doing branding. I think people often just think a, a brand is a logo. And I, you know, the first thing I say is your logo is a part of your brand, but it is not the brand. So a brand is how you communicate who you are in the world. Who your business is, your product is.
0: So it's
1: um, it's everything from tone of voice that you use um, when you communicate in social media or in print. Um, it's it's how you interact with your customers, right? Like, are you gonna have one of those really open policies where people can get full refunds, and you know, or are you gonna um, kind of take a different strategy? Uh, so it's really a bigger picture than just a logo, um, and it's identifying your key values. Uh, what is it that makes you different? And then coming up with creating a branding statement, really crafting your mission, your vision. Um, what are those key words that really represent you? And then also identifying who your customers are. Um, are they older? Are they younger? Uh, do they? What's their socioeconomic background? Um, do they have families? Are they, you know? Are they city dwellers? Are they rural? Um, so really understanding your customer, and then you can take all that information, and then that's when you can create a full a logo, of course, but, um, a full brand package. So I'm going to interact with my customers in these particular ways for some brands Instagram does not make sense and for other brands it really really does Um, you know a lot of times everybody just wants to be on every platform yeah but uh, depending on your customer depending on who you are as a brand and your values uh, it might not make sense so that brand and everything that it entails uh, will really help inform your marketing strategy which is the next thing that comes out of it um, but you'll you'll end up getting a logo you'll have your colors you'll have your marks um, things like that and any like subtitles or text um, keywords that are going to go along with your product uh, so branding's a ton of fun i love i love being able to design when i can or um, or send you know send it out and watch other people work. Pretty
0: often. Yeah. Nice. I know one of the things that you've done a lot of work with, particularly you were talking about the farmhouse that you worked with them on their graphic design, and you helped yeah. them with their menu, and you helped them with some of their social media presence, and uh, yeah. among many other things, creating some special events. And right. um, so you've got a whole lot of different kinds of tools in your pocket that you can help people to develop. Um, as far as your own training is concerned, I'm kind of curious, um, when you were in school, what were you studying?
1: Uh, not this. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I went to school, I finished at CSU with a history degree and a secondary education uh, license in history, Mm -hmm. liberal arts or social studies. Um... So that's actually what I went to school for. And I did teach uh, junior high at the time for two years, which I didn't really think that like after I left teaching, I didn't think, oh, that was you know, a waste of time. But actually, <laughs> um, both teaching certainly helps with public speaking and just general like planning, um, planning things out. But then, you know, if you can, if you can teach uh, thirteen or fourteen-year-olds. Like, it gives you a lot of experience with dealing with just about anybody. <laughs> so I've actually that's been a really good experience. But no, I did not go to school for any of this. Um, I ended up. Uh, I worked for a real estate development company for a little bit, and they gave me an opportunity to. Plan an Earth Day event, and I, that just lit my fire more than I ever knew I, you know, it could, um, and I just poured my heart and soul into it. Unfortunately, it snowed that day,
0: so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I put so much time and energy into that, and I just loved it, and so it kind of, you know, got me thinking about event planning and marketing, and I actually I didn't work in marketing, but I sat next to one of the marketing offices, and I just I was always peeking over their shoulder and wondering what they were doing, working on. So, um, I went to a, a farm uh, after after that, and I was a CSA director, and so that's really when I started to apply a lot of the marketing things that I picked up on, and just a lot of learning from scratch. and. Yeah. Seeing what worked and what didn't but it's kind of event planning as well as social media and a lot of grassroots um, efforts to sell and you know, sell csa it's a community supported agriculture so it's a it's a hefty concept for people who don't know what it is so figuring out mm-hmm. how to communicate that message in a way that people that it resonates with people and um, asking them to give a large sum of money up front <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> well, and that that particular CSA, you were working all the way from Wyoming down to Colorado Springs. So yeah, it, was, it was huge.
1: 5, needs, uh, yeah, 5,000 members CSA is what we grew up to. <laughs> so it was enormous. So everything from customer service to uh, yeah, managing issues and logistics and marketing. Um, a ton of fun. I learned a lot. And then... Uh, I actually went to Whole Foods, and I went to the prepared foods department first, and I was the buyer um, for about a year for prepared foods department. So that taught me a lot about margins and uh, you know, making, you know, when we were talking about a restaurant earlier, like, how do you actually eke out a little bit of profit in there? when um, your food costs are 30% and then you have your labor and your overhead. Um, so that was a really great learning experience, uh, just to go in and learn about buying and costing things out, and how to um, how to work with the team members on the front end so that they were um, that they were actually doing what you needed them to do. Uh, yeah. It only works if uh, you know the recipe calls for eight ounces of cheese, and then they put <laughs> twenty ounces of cheese on there, right? and so, um, so that was a great experience, and then uh, and then after that, I went into the marketing department for Whole Foods at the at the Fort Collins store. So um, obviously, variety I thrive on variety, as I said earlier. Um, so I did everything from in-store decorations um, to social media, event planning. Um, I did all of the messaging in the store, so definitely learned a lot about um, who's our target audience, what is it we're trying to get people to do, having calls to action, using our branding in the way it's supposed to <laughs> so it's supposed to be used um, to help drive sales. Uh, ultimately, of course, is what we're there for. So um, did that for about two and a half years, and great learning experience. Opened a few stores, and so it's mm-hmm. great to see things from the very beginning there wasn't even food on the shelf yet so wow yeah so no uh no um, higher education in this just the education of life and ultimately I mean I guess I just kind of keep following kept following my passions and things that get me excited and um, I found that Sometimes it's scary, but if I can just keep going in a way in a direction that feels really good and I'm having fun and Mm -hmm. learning and I'm enjoying it, then that's what I'm doing next.
0: (laughs) Well, I think there are some things about your experience that are really compelling for anyone who's wanting to go out on their own and kind of create their own path. And one of the things that I think you've done remarkably well at is that you've engaged with community organizations that have a similar vision or a complementary vision to what you've got. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking in particular of the food cluster, but in, in addition to that, the different kitchens that you've worked with commissaries and, and, uh, businesses along the way. Um, but it's really interesting to me that you've really positioned yourself in the community to be, uh, to be seen as not only a, a, an expert, but also as just a very available resource. Um, did you, how did you, uh, not to get too weird on your brand or anything? How did you cultivate those
1: relationships? (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, community has always been at the heart of certainly the farm piece um, and then whole foods, they did a lot of community development. And, you know, even when I was at the farm, there were a lot of other CSAs in town and I think it would be really easy for uh, it was easy for people to see all of us farms as competition with each other. And I just always try to take a different view that we're all in it to, to provide local food to our communities. And we should be working together. And instead of fighting over, you know, this, this small slice of pie, we should be working on expanding the size of the pie instead. Um, So I always took uh, an attitude of like, I'm not in competition with people. I really want to support others' efforts. If you've joined a CSA, great. Like, that's half the battle, is just getting somebody to join. Um, So I always took that attitude uh, of non-competitiveness, but instead collaboration. Mm -hmm. How can we just get bigger and better as an organization? And then I did a lot of community building at Whole Foods, and again, very similar. That just has been the way I operate. That like we're in it together, and I want the food co-op to succeed as much as I do Whole Foods Market, um, because we're all trying to do provide local food in our community. Um, so. I initially actually started working with Food Cluster at Whole Foods. Um, we did a 5% day with them when they were just getting started. So we were a founding sponsor and gave them $5,000 um, part of that. So I was very fortunate that I had a, a pretty good-sized budget at the time, and I tried to use that to do as much good as I could in our community. And I definitely had a particular bent towards uh, things with that were about local food and, and um, expanding that pie for everybody. So, um, so I was very fortunate that between my the farm work and then Whole Foods, I really put down a lot of deep roots in this community. Um, and so, those are those were um, relationships that I took with me um, into my next this next career phase of mine. Um, I highly just I highly recommend you know making wherever you're at just making relationships and never trying to never burn bridges because <laughs> you never know when when you're gonna see that person again or how you know your your career is gonna evolve and then all of a sudden they're important again. So um, I feel really fortunate that um, just had so many great experience, so many opportunities to make community relations and dig deep in this community so that definitely helped me get started because um, that was what got me started is people just started coming to me and saying hey I heard you're not working at Whole Foods anymore I have this project would you like to come work on this so that that kind of got me started um, mm-hmm. and I just kept it up and uh, and then from there it's just continue you know going to networking events that are in my area around local Food, um and getting out of my comfort zone and meeting new people and telling them what I do and giving them a business card and mm-hmm. uh, just continue trying to expand your circle oh right?
0: well, yeah one of the things that i wanted to make sure that we mentioned is that you're available to do presentations particularly on the four uh, four stages of business yeah, right. um, And I saw that presentation that you did at Loveland Startup Week this year, and I thought it was very, very good. Um, And so I would encourage people who are looking for speakers and presenters for different events, um, even if it's not food-related, everybody eats food, (laughs) and everybody can benefit from from knowing a little bit about this. Even if you're not in a food business, but you're in another kind of business, um, that presentation is relevant. You also offer individual consulting and group workshops. Um, you're working on some online courses. Yes. All kinds of stuff going on.
1: It's a busy, busy summer
0: for
1: me. <laughs> sure. um, yeah, looking forward to working on curriculum. Uh, that should working on getting some things out by July. Um, so some online curriculum around the concept phase. And then I'll continue getting more curriculum out around the development phase. And then I'm also working on putting together an online community, um, so people can join for a pretty nominal fee. And then we'll have uh, they'll have access to that ongoing curriculum. I'll do webinars, monthly webinars on a specific topic. So you know, in my concept workshops, three hours isn't a ton of time. Um, right. We dive into costing out your products or Branding, or or, you know, really getting into your market segmentation, or anything like that—it's a very kind of high-level level level thing. So, being able to go a little bit deeper through webinars, uh, monthly webinars, that kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So that'll all feed into online curriculum. um, But people who are part of that online community, the cultivate community, then then they'll get that right when they go live. So, as well as some private Facebook. Time and, and some even some one-on-one one-on-one time so I've tried to put together a couple different packages where it's you know the full it's the launch it's like from concept to launch accelerator program that will get you will get your product out on out there in the world within 12 weeks um, and then everything from just a smaller um, you still get the accountability you get one-on-one time with me uh, you get the face- Facebook groups, you get the webinars, um, but a lot of the work you need to do on your own. Mm-hmm. I help keep you on track, <laughs> give you the right things to do, and then uh, and then also ju- then you can also just join as just part of the community and, and get mm-hmm. some of those assets and
0: resources. So. I think one of the benefits of the community, especially for someone who's starting a business for the first time, uh, starting a business can be a very lonely and isolated uh, kind of. Um, venture, uh, at the beginning. And one of the things that I think your community will offer to folks is a way to interact with other people who are kind of doing the same thing or have done the same thing. They know the ins and outs of it and they know the pressures and they know all of the challenges that go with it. So that community aspect of it, I think is really worth the price of admission.
1: Yeah, even in our concept workshops, it's so much fun because, um, our last one had six, six folks in it and, uh, they all just want to support each other. And every, you know, somebody has a question about one thing and somebody else is like, oh, I just was dealing with that. Or um, just getting feedback, running ideas past each other. It's really great when people um, see the value in, in having a support system. And
0: so that's the idea of
1: cultivate community, is that we're there as a support system and, and being cheerleaders for each other. And, um, helping you know helping people move forward more quickly a lot of businesses food businesses in particular never get past the idea stage or just barely you know they just stop they end up giving up because it can be really overwhelming to go yeah. through. there's so much licensing and so much regulation and just a lot of times people just stop they just give up because they don't know how to, how to go forward to for the next step
0: yeah so let's, uh, the, best, the, the best way to tell if we've had a good conversation is because it's gone by so quickly, yes. Well, we've reached the end of our time together today. And um, I just want to make sure that people know, first of all, how to get in touch with you. So sure. tell us.
1: Great. Um, so my website address, again, is cultivate-consulting.com. Uh, you can also send me an email at Sari, at cultivate-consulting.com. Um, so, those are the two best ways to get a hold of me. Uh, I really try to respond to emails really quickly in 48 hours. So, um, if you're interested in speak, yes, speaking, you know, having me speak or do a presentation, or you're interested in one-on-one coaching um, or joining the community, that's where you start. Um,
0: yeah, so that's how you get a hold of me,
1: and I'd love to. To talk with anybody
0: who wants to learn more about starting a food business. Very okay, good. And also, uh, for people who do go to the website, um, there's a link there to uh, test your concept for your food business and to see exactly where you are in that process. Um, that's available at no cost. Um, and in addition to that, um, I would encourage you to sign up for Serious Mailing List because there are going to be a lot of things coming down the pike. They're going to be happening fast and they're going to be happening soon. So it would be a good idea for you to join the mailing lists uh, like right away, like today, like right now. So cultivate-consulting.com or Sari at cultivate-consulting.com. Either one of those is a great way to get in touch with her, but do sign up for the mailing list and stay in touch with her uh, about all the stuff that's, uh, that's going on. Uh, Anything that you would say to a person who's getting ready to, to jump off into their new business?
1: I say do it and get help. Do it with support.
0: Awesome. Very, very good. Well, Sari, I can't tell you how, how much fun it's been to talk with you and to hear about your business and uh, your, your journey and your adventure along the way. Um, and I, of course, wish you the best of luck with the whole thing. Um, but uh, I just thank you for being my guest today.
1: You bet. Thank you so much
0: for having me. If you've enjoyed this show, please subscribe through your favorite podcast app on YouTube or visit MakeYourOwnWayMedia.com. Are you ready for a recharge, a reset, or a career boost? I offer retreats, coaching, and teaching for creative professionals, leadership teams, organizations, and individuals who are ready to envision and reach their next great possibility. To find out more, please visit franklintaggart.com or drop me a line at podcast at franklintaggart.com. Thank you.